Hello and welcome back to QC Uncut. I'm Sean Leary, your host, and it's our first Uncut of 2020, and um, it is our, I think it's our 72nd show, um, and uh, third year of QC Uncut. We started this back in 2018, so um, my guest has been on this show before in the past, and it is Laura Adams, who is the, uh, what is your exact title? Is that Artistic Director? And owner, co-owner, co-artistic director, and co-owner of the Black Box Theater in downtown Moline. And uh, I was just here for Losers Bracket not that long ago by Clay Sander, which is a fantastic show. And they've got a lot of great shows coming up. And we're here to talk about them today. Laura's also with WQPT as well, and we can talk a little bit about that if you'd like. But uh, let's talk about Black Box. Uh, what do you guys have coming up for 2020, and um, what are you really excited about? Well, what I'm really excited about right now is uh, we'll be opening a new show on January 23rd, which is called I Never Saw Another Butterfly. And it's um, it's we're doing this uh, in honor of Holocaust Remembrance. Um, it is a play-based based upon a book and the book was uh, came out of the fact that at the end of the war um, World War II for those people who are not familiar um, they found these poems and stories and artwork of the children who had gone through terrorism concentration camp um, when they started there were 15,000 or so children um, at the end of the war when they were liberated about 100 to 150 children so when this artwork was was found and these and these drawings and, and stories they were put together into a book by the same name and then uh, an author came and took that book and turned it into this play so there's actually a musical version of it a short version of it you know and then this full-length version of it we're trying to imagine a musical with such a dire subject yeah well you know they use Used a lot of the um, uh, of Jewish folk mm-hmm. tunes and things like that, and uh, and there was a, uh, a children's opera named Ludwig um, that was used as Nazi propaganda. Mm-hmm. So to show, you know, oh look how good the kids look, you know, and mm-hmm. they're they're doing all the stuff, and it was all just a way to. Um, pull the wool over people's eyes as to what was actually happening. So even though this is a, um, a, a drama, there is a hopefulness to it because. People did survive, and they were there survived to tell the story. So we're very lucky. The Jewish Federation of the Quad Cities has um, sponsored uh, the the play, which is very nice. And um, uh, I just think that. Um, and the other thing I'm excited about is we have so many new people on the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things that Black Box is getting known for, that you know, you're not going to see the same people all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think of this cast, two-thirds of them are new people to the stage, which is to me, lovely, and um, you know, so we're. Uh, this is the first one out of the out of the box, and then February is going to have some more nope. comedy. No, this was this is I've never I've never saw another never butterfly. Saw another butterfly, and it was actually a, a poem that was written by one of the children. And it starts January twenty third and runs through February first. Okay, why did you choose this? What led you to choose? Because I was, I mean, having run a theater company before, I, I always find it fascinating to ask people why they chose particular productions, especially someone like you who's doing it independently. And so you have a different mindset when you're running an independent theater versus like Circa 21. And I know like they have commercial considerations. They've got to pick something that's going to last for two months and people are going to come and see and they're going to be able to cover the, the money that they put forward on it. When you're an indie, 
and you, especially like a, a small, you know, smaller theater, you can make a little more daring choices. And so the choices that you make can be a little bit more personal, can be something that are more aesthetic to something maybe you want to say or something, a show that you just want to see produced. Um, what led you to choose? And I'm going to repeat this question. So keep it in mind every time you tell me about the other ones. Why, why did you choose this particular show and uh, ensuing shows? Well, I think it comes from, for me at any rate, um, the fact that there have been, uh, in the news, there have been so many attacks at synagogues, and um, I think that... You know, there's a. We have to learn from our from our past, from our history, and um, I've just come to to discover just through conversation that a lot of World War II is not covered in school anymore. I know that a lot of my cast members themselves were not really fully aware of what happened during the war um, mm-hmm. and the oppression, and um, certainly the Holocaust. And as a result of all of those things, um, I just felt there there needs to be a, a place, a venue where you can. Um, educate people. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's not just a matter of entertaining. And I think that the the show will be um, will be wonderful. Um, but I also think that it's a show that will allow people to think and talk about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not a new piece of theater. This is you know, this has been around for a while. It just hasn't been produced in, in many years. And um, uh, and then January does have Holocaust Remembrance Day in it. And just as I was looking at you know the season and really what what's happening in the world. Um, I, I just decided that this is one thing that the black box can do to help to shine a spotlight on on uh, on the Jewish community, on on um, on just people who are oppressing other people, mm-hmm. um, and and recognizing we all share this world together. Right. And um, and so that's really where it, it came from. I mean, I've had the script in in my sort of closet of scripts at home uh-huh. for many years and it was just I think we can't look at current current events right now and not see what's happening and you know uh, just as a human being we want to do something that educates educates people about what possibilities there are right. and um, and they're not good possibilities right so that's I never saw another butter butterfly January twenty third through February first. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. And then what's the next show on the slate? Um, well, we're going to be having comedy back in in February. Yeah, you know what? I was going to mention that to you. Is I was so happy to see the late night shows from Comedy Sports. Yeah make their way down here because I was sad to see comedy. I mean, I certainly understood why financially, um, why comedy sports kind of, um, stopped being the franchise of comedy sports and kind of went on their own path. That made sense from an artistic and a financial standpoint, having more creative control. Um, but I always was like, um, there's gotta be some place for the late night shows to go because they're a lot of fun. They're fantastically creative and it's so cool to see that you're going to be having them down here. Yeah. Well, we were, um, uh, uh, there was a show that they were going to do, um, over at spotlight mm-hmm. and just a scheduling thing. They needed to find another venue. And so they asked whether or not they could come in and do it. It was a, the musical version. Um, it was a, all music version of one of their late night shows, and um, was it bandwagon or was it? No, no, show? no. It was just a. It okay. was. Called, it was like the all all new, all singing, all dancing okay, gotcha. late night show. And when they came in and realized how 
intimate our theater is and how that really helps the performers feed off of the audience. Um, Then we just sort of sat down and said, you know, what do you think? Do you want this to be the home of um, mm. the late night shows in Weisenheimer? Yeah. And um, uh, and they were like, yeah, let's do that. It's a perfect pairing, in my opinion. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think, too, what's happened is that because we directly across the street, we have the Access Hotel and the, the new um, restaurant and bar area. People can park once. Right. They can go have dinner. They can come over to, to see a comedy show or see mm-hmm. a play and then go back and have their late night drink and then get back in the car. I mean, you, it doesn't get any better than that, right. you know. And so that was one of the things that we had hoped would happen, that there would be that sort of, you know, let's park once and not have to go all over creation. We can mm-hmm. get a full night of, of, you know, entertainment in. Have you seen a boost in business from the hotel and the restaurant down here? Because obviously there's a lot of renovation um, down here in the area i noticed you know a few new spots and i mean downtown moline has come such a long way in the last two decades and a lot of business owners down here have been looking forward to it because obviously you got a hotel it's a lot of people coming to town looking for something to do they're sort of static and so what's the best thing to do walk to someplace so you don't have to drive you're in a new town you're like where the hell is this place well with this it's oh where the hell is this place it's right across the street or right down the street so have you seen a lot of traffic as the hotel has gotten more business i think what's happening is we're seeing more traffic um this this end of the block um, because a lot of the bars and restaurants are on the opposite sure, end yeah. of where we are. But with having uh, access over here, we have really seen a lot of people, at the very least, just curious about what mm-hmm. is going on. And it's like anything, you know, we have so many folks who walk in for the first time and they look, I didn't know this was here. Yep. And, oh my gosh, this is the cutest little thing. And, <laughs> and all that, which cracks me up. But, you know, and I always make a joke that, you know, we have the nicest bathrooms around. <laughs> um, and uh, But, you know, when people are spending their entertainment dollars they want to be treated well Mm -hmm. and so i think that's one of the things that they really appreciate there is a sort of mom and pop you know vibe that goes on here um but then there's also the fact that we think that uh you know you're going to be entertained by by what's on the stage and then the other comedy group that comes in four times a year is clay sanders um comedy thingy all you can eat so they they type tape three podcasts each time they come in so to be a part of the studio audience if you will Uh um while they're doing that that's another really fun thing and i have to say i i am gobsmacked at how creative so many of these folks are when they come in and and just sort of like just riff on whatever the audience is giving them Mm -hmm. um i i'm I, i i that's a talent that is really um Needs a lot more applause, let's put uh, it that way. Um, so, yeah, people are uh, really enjoying the comedy aspect to it. Um, and we don't want there to be dark nights at the theater. We want there to be something going on. Yep. So it makes only good sense to um, you know partner with other creative folks and, and have them come in. So that's where we are right now. Cool. So then you've got... Um Obviously, a uh, uh, show in January, early February, up through February 1st. Coming in in February, then you've got... Well, we don't have all the dates set okay. for everything, because what right now, um, my partner um, is going to be doing a show, so we're trying to um, find some other directors, because sure. it can't just always be David and oh, I. Yeah, yeah. And um, Which show are we looking at? Uh, we are, well, we know Company's going to be a part of it. We okay. know um, we're looking at Pump Boys and Dinettes. Mm-hmm. We're looking at I Love You, You're Perfect, Now Change. Mm-hmm. One of the best titles, I think, that there ever was. Um, We're going to throw another radio show in there because I have to tell you, they 
people love the radio shows. We've done It's a Wonderful Life. We've done, um, uh, my brain just went dead. Oh, War of the Worlds. <laughs> War of the Worlds. And then we just did uh, The Man with Bogart's Face. And, you know, I don't think, I think people who haven't experienced a radio play, especially because we do them in costume, we yeah. are in a, we, we set up a radio set and all that sort of stuff. And then they come in and they're like, this is way more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. It, whether it's the Foley table or whether it's just, you know, to create some of those sounds. We literally, the last uh, show, um, one of our actors fell down every time there was supposed to be a thump. So rather than jump dropping the big, you know, encyclopedia on the floor, he just fell down each time so, to get that thumping sound. And then that's great for the audience because there's, a, again, that sort of audience interaction with all of it. Um, our, our Foley operator was, we called him the world's worst Foley operator. <laughs> And um, he uh, he hated shooting the gun because obviously it's a it's a film noir. There's a lot of gunshots, whatever. So you could see when the gunshot was going to come because he was like would close his eyes and like get ready to shoot the gun. Um, and so the audience was never surprised by it because you could see that he was uh, you know he was prepping to do it. Uh-huh. So it, there were just things like that that I think make it a, a whole lot of fun. So I'm looking at some you know that's another one where the the title really helps with the radio show because you know oh, people sure. people know them yeah. um, and. And uh, uh, yeah, and and the fact that you get voice actors, they don't have to be age appropriate. You right. need the right voice right. for something. You know what I mean? So the, all of those things play into you know the picking of those shows. And I'm looking at at Christmas time, all is calm, which again is based upon a, a, a real life event. Um, it is a it is a musical, but it is all a cappella, mm-hmm. all men. Um, and it is uh, the armistice that happened on Christmas Eve in 1914 during World oh, War yeah, One, yeah. and so the story itself, again, um, real people it's both telling these stories. intriguing and sad when and, you think, you about know. It, yeah. But then you have this whole thing where these enemies come mm-hmm. together and celebrate the holiday together. Of course, right. the next day they go off and start. Well, no, that's, that's yeah, the that's, sad part of it. It's like, well, okay, why did why would why you go? You that it? It's such a sad commentary on how brainwashed people are to think of the other as the enemy yes. instead of discovering that humanity and the happy ending would have been, you know what? We have more in common than we do separately, and why are we doing this? And questioning that and putting their arms down and saying, you know what, we're, you know. We're, we're done. We're not going to do this. But then, you know, it is. It's such a sad commentary on how grooved in people's behaviors and their their opinions and beliefs are. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously we're not all political all the time. Let's put it that way. But um, but I do think that uh, our our patrons tend to tell us that they see things here they typically wouldn't see elsewhere, mm-hmm. and that's a that to me is a good thing. Um, we uh, you know obviously there are titles that you know company everybody knows or you know. We'll have an audience for that, um, but uh, but some of the things I don't want to be just sort of you know the generic title that you know is going to get an audience, and sometimes it's not about getting them in the seats, but rather whoever's in the seats and and thinks you know I want to see something different. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's kind of where my brain goes. David tends to do a lot more of the real um, you know the showstoppery sort of stuff, and I tend to do the stuff that's a little more. 
esoteric, uh-huh. I guess. Yeah. You know. So, um, but that's good. So we're a good combination that right. way. You know, it's, you're not going to see the same thing, same over, same thing over and over. And then the other thing that we do is we have literally switched shows in a season if we can't find the right people. Mm-hmm. And you know, I have said to people, I'm not going to do a show just because we have the right number of bodies. Right. If they're not the right people, if yeah. they, you know, uh, because the audience is, like I said, they. They can spend their money all over these cities. Yeah. We have a lot of opportunities and a lot of different options for people. And um, so I'm not going to make that. If, if, I, if people don't come out and audition for it, um, then we move on to the next one. I'm just not going to, to uh, just put you know somebody who's breathing up on stage you know i mean it's just not going to happen <laughs> well, well that's good to know Thank you very much. <laughs> so you're not going to do the breathing play all right exactly so interested zombies uh come on out and audition here at the black box. my windows yes so um of those three shows why did you choose those three company pump boys and uh, love you no change i think i think that they're just fun i mean they're just again that if an audience doesn't walk out for a while and somebody's done Pump Boys here. Yeah, I don't, a long while. Yeah, it's been a you long know, while. and I love the fact that you know the musicians are playing on stage. That's another thing we're known for. Uh-huh. We always have live music with our musicals. So so far, we've not done anything that's had canned music. Mm-hmm. So that's a you know that's another thing that's different for us. And um, you know, but I love that sort of you know when the actors are actually playing oh, yeah. themselves up there. I, that that's like some of my favorite um, stuff that happens. I was going to ask you that about the radio shows. How meta does it get? Do you do it as a straight like? The people are up there reading a play like love no love letters isn't yeah is it is it um is it like you're they're playing radio actors from the 40s the 30s actually doing it like yes. okay that's what i was wondering is how meta you get beyond the oh, you know totally. totally um uh they are in 1940s clothes that's what I'm 1940s wondering. hair now that's really cool. 1940s that's makeup embracing the, whole thing. the entire radio yeah. show concept that's really 1940s neat. the fully because that's what they did in the 40s and 30s is people would come and see them perform these shows yeah and i think that the some of the ways that you make some of those sound effects people aren't really aware yeah. uh-huh. you know i mean actually had my husband make me a wind machine mm-hmm. um i could have bought one but it was way too much money so i just you see this i want you to make that out of the scraps we have in the garage and it works very well um but i think when people get a chance to see all, what they used to do mm-hmm. back then right you know i mean cornflakes are a wonderful uh you know walking through the snow sound or you know um when you're cracking through the ice on something and you're breaking the spaghetti you know yeah. i mean it's stuff like that 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 i think the audience really kind of gets a you know giggle out of do you do a lot of research in regard to that to make it authentic and to make okay well what sound of, what did they use for sound effects back then absolutely. when they were doing the radio show yeah absolutely did a lot of research particularly when we when i first did it's a wonderful life because when i did it um i don't know it must be six seven years ago we did it with wvik mm-hmm. and we recorded it and put it on wqbt and wvik after all it is a radio play yeah. Sure. You know, so that worked out very well, and and to do that, I think we had to um, uh, we had to do the research for it because those sounds had to be those sounds because mm-hmm. we were not going to cheat and right. you know and Google it and see where we could find it on YouTube or whatever. And so uh, so yeah, that that's one of the more fun things to do, and just trying some of those things out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they say you can use X Y Z. Okay, let me see if that actually does sound like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, there, I discovered that there are, I, I'm not a gun person, but I have a starter pistol that we use for all of our gunshots. And, you know, there are different um, bullets, for want of a better word. Um, some make really incredibly, oh, my gosh, 
your ears are bleeding kind of sounds and mm-hmm. you know i don't want one that loud i mean right. I, you know I, I don't want the audience to like run screaming out of here so they're just all of those sorts of things and that's that's really the the giggle out of the whole mm-hmm. thing to, to to do that um i i do have an old victrola so you know when we need old sounding recordings i have a lot of those mm-hmm. so you can get that sort of crack and pop pop right, that right. just is like so much fun um and those are the things that uh for any audience i think younger people appreciate it on entirely different level than yeah. older audiences who know exactly you know what that's all about but i think it's interesting because it's so much like podcast culture yes. you know nobody you know so few people saw podcasts coming with their ubiquity and popularity um but it's very much like that and it's interesting to me when whenever something comes back as a trend it's always intriguing to look at when was this a trend before and what societal uh, influences were impacting people upon that time and are those societal influences echoing to where people are once again seeking solace or entertainment or you know intellectual stimulation from these same things that are echoing as trends well i mean you know everything old is new again right. i mean it, it just it is that uh it, you know it, i was looking at some pictures of of movie stars the other day of uh, our you know our classic movie stars the, the marilyn monroe's and stuff i mean everyone's wearing platform heels or mm-hmm. platforms and it's kind of like you know, they didn't just crop up recently, mm-hmm. boys and girls. You yeah. know, they, they've been around. And uh, I think it's a matter of a reimagining those things that, we already, that we've already done. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that's one of the reasons why the, the, when we do the podcasts here for um, Comedy Thingy or even when uh, people are doing the, the comedy with the, with the former comedy sports, but now the late night uh, shows, uh, that they have a chance to... Uh, you know, they're also smart. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they have a bunch of stuff in the back to draw on. Right. And then I think that opens up that to the audience who, the old, again, the older people get it. Mm-hmm. They know where it's coming from. And the young, younger people are just discovering it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's all, that's part of the fun. That's always part of the fun. <laughs> so what else you got coming up this year? What are you looking forward to in 2020? Oh, golly. Um, well, um, you know, because we are uh, down here and I... I, I both Dave and I have full-time jobs. And so running a theater and then having a full-time job there, it's kind of difficult sometimes. Um, But what I'd like to do more this year is to really get more of the word out about the theater Mm -hmm. and the stuff that we're doing down here and, and letting people know that the space is available. You know, last, uh, November, we did a workshop here of a, of a musical that uh, Dan Hoy um, uh, had, had written and they were in here for three days, and you know they ended up recording it so that they could mm. sell it on online. The whole idea of this space is for it to be utilized, right. you know, and and for there to be uh, uh, people um, in and and creating, mm. and it doesn't just necessarily have to be black box you know, theater people. Right. And um, that's what this venue was actually made for. Um, we do between eight eight and ten shows a year you know main stage stuff that we do but still that doesn't fill up every weekend right, right. and so the whole idea you know is to to make sure that it, that there are people here being able to to use it um i i think that's the best thing i know at at a certain point we're going to do a film premiere here which i can't say what it is just yet but <laughs> um but there'll be a film premiere here and um you know uh and then a lot of the stuff that I get to do over at WQPT, we do 
we do originals here. We tape the originals here. So we work with River Music Experience. Um, we get uh, mu- local musicians in who cr- are, have their own original music. They're not doing covers. And then we tape them here. And then we edit them and sweeten some of the audio, and then that ends up on our air. So it's a you know it's a great way for the musicians to come in, um, get a nice recording of their music. Yes. I was going to say actually, this would be a nice spot for acoustic. I oh, mean, obviously it's too small for if you put anything electric or loud, it's just going to bounce all it, over. It's, it's going to yeah, sound like crap. But acoustically, it would it would sound really good. Yeah, and we don't have to we don't have to mic people mm-hmm, um, right. when they come in. I mean, you know, any actor worth his salt knows how to project and sure. they're able to you know to do their work in there so it's really nice for us to have this really simple literal <laughs> black box stage mm-hmm. and have musicians come in and i mean we have an audio person here while we're doing it as we're recording but um it, that's you know that's nice a lot of these musicians let's face it they're not making buku bucks sure. and they want to be able to show people what they can do mm-hmm. and you know what they're all about so here they'll get a finished product from us that they can put on their facebook and you know their websites and then for us we have we're able to showcase that on on wqpt and Again, that's a local story, and that's what we're all about. We're local public television. So you know, those sorts of marriages and partnerships are really important. So it's lovely to have that happen here. Cool, cool. Anything else you'd like to add before we sign off? Oh, golly. Well, I guess the big thing is next uh, February's coming up, of course. Um, it's not just Valentine's Day. And uh, the Rundles uh, Fourth Wall Films, uh-huh. um, their, their film, Sons and Daughters of Thunder, right. And um, the making of Harriet Beecher Stowe will both be on WQPT. Okay. So that's coming up um, in April. Uh, a film that was done by folks over at Augustana, which is called God's Glory. It's about the story of piety. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be putting that up. And so there, you know, our local filmmakers. Uh, there's a ton of them, mm-hmm. and um, and they're producing really lovely product Mm -hmm. and the fact that we can do that um and air it on wqpt is one of the other things that i really love about my sort of like (laughs) cross-purposing of my my job but you know that's uh you know uh, i'm one of those people who uh because i do a a, not a podcast but i do my weekly community calendar Uh and you know i'm always trying to encourage our local artists whether they be you know theaters or you know art the people who are creating art or whatever um to let me have their information because that's a way for a free publicity for them and you know and when you don't have two nickels to run to get rub together it's Uh nice to get something free so you know those are i think by by running my own theater i certainly know the challenges and so i i want to be able to help um other you know, creative folks out there to make sure that they have their audiences as well. And we do the same thing with quadcities.com every day. So we always ask people, if you've got something going on, send it to me at sean at quadcities.com. And um, Laura, we look forward to having the black box shows on there as well. And thank you so much for once again being a guest on QC Uncut. I am delighted that you're here. And more than that, I'm delighted that we're starting 2020 with a really great show. Awesome. And that show is... I never saw another butterfly. And it's running January 23rd to February 1st. And tell people where they can go in terms of your website and what number to call to get tickets. So easy. Theblackboxtheater.com. And you get tickets right online.
Awesome. Thank you so much, Laura Adams from Black Box Theater and WQPT. And thank you for listening to QC Uncut, your source for uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. I'm Sean Leary. Thanks a lot for listening. Have a great day.